Lord, we just want to thank you for opening up our, our eyes and our hearts and our minds to be able to see your truth. We're thankful that you even gave it to us. We're thankful that you love us. And God, our heart's desire is just to be able to listen to you tonight and do whatever you say and to fall more in love with you, to see something else about you that we haven't seen before and just fall in love with it. God, you love us way more than we could ever love you. God, I pray that our lives would show that. I pray that our lives would show that we love you and that we're just seeking to love you more. So, Lord, that's my prayer for tonight. And I pray that uh, you just speak through me, take me out of the way, take my thoughts out of my head, put your thoughts in there. And, Lord, I pray that we would just give you glory tonight in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how's y'all's week been? Yeah. Just be honest, my week has kind of been like numb, you know? You ever had those weeks where you just, you just feel numb? Well, um, God kind of has this sense of humor about him. And uh, my week has literally been numb. So, you know, I went to the dentist uh, not so long ago. And they were like, you know, when's a good day to come back? I was like, any weekday, you know, later in the day would probably be better. And I was like, how about May 3rd around 3 o'clock? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'll just, I'll tell, I'll tell them that, uh, you know, I got to get off work a little bit early, you know, whatever. That's like 30 minutes before I get off. So I was like, they should be fine with it. So I told them I'll get there. And see, I thought that when you have a cavity, they just, you know, because I mean, I don't, I don't do this thing much. I don't, I don't, you know. And it's like, they told me I had a cavity before, maybe I was a kid or something, I don't remember it. So I went there thinking they just stuffed, you know, something in there, you know, something like a filling, you know, you just fill it up, man, you know, logic. Um, so that's not really what happens. So they was like, oh, we're going to numb you up, okay, is that fine? I'm like, well, I got to sign relief, what are you going to do? Like, shoot me up with anesthesia? Like, do I get an IV with this? Like, what's going on here? You know, I don't even know what we're doing. And uh, it starts... You know, I, he puts like a little swabbing thing in my mouth, and my, my gum starts getting kind of like, you know, he feels fat, you know? And I thought, that's not that bad. Takes out this metal syringe. I'm like, they don't even have that at the doctor's office, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got plastic ones. They got metal ones at the dentist. And it's got this little, like, place where you can see what's in it, you know, like this highlighter green, like they about to, no, I'm just kidding. That's like kind of like a movie. But I was looking like, what is that he about to put in my mouth? And I just feel a stick in my gum like, oh, God, I said, and I got to preach tonight. I was thinking, man, I bet this is going to wear off for like 30 minutes. Well, he gets through with the operation, because it was literally, it was like, you know, like, I mean, like, by the time my, my lip was like covered in like tooth fragments, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, what is on my lip and what is going on? Like, they didn't explain nothing to me. They was trying to get me in, get me out, go to the next person, you know. Wasn't explaining nothing. Didn't even make me feel good about it. I was honestly kind of nervous, you guys, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, so I get up. I said, so how long does this usually take for, you know, wear off? Oh, around four hours. I'm like, well, it's 3.30 now, and um, about two and a half hours I'll be on a stage trying to talk. And... Um, Thank God it's kind of wearing off now, but if you see my lips sagging a little bit, I'm trying to, like, you know, like earlier I was smiling, it was like this. And I tried to drink something, it just started coming out, decided. And to be honest with you, it wasn't just my lip or my gums, it was like, 
like, yeah, like, it started at my chin and went all the way to back my, like, my neck. And, like, I couldn't even hear for real. And it was like, this whole side was like, and this side of my nose wouldn't even flex up. I'm like, how am I supposed to breathe? You know what I'm saying? Like, how am I supposed to sniffle? Like, there's pollen everywhere, and I can't even go. But half my nose is doing, the other half ain't. I'm like, this ain't cool. Like, y'all shouldn't have, y'all stuck too much in. Whatever y'all stuck in there, y'all stuck too much. They gave me two shots for one tooth. I'm like, y'all, y'all some crazy people. But anyways, so if y'all see my, my eye, my eye kind of doing something weird ever since then too. So y'all see something weird happening, y'all hear me slur a word, and I'm like, I'm trying to talk fast, and it just ain't coming out. It's because my lip ain't working, or half my mouth ain't. Anyways, so we're in this series called Faith, and we're going to be in he- Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we're going to start in verse 5. So we, we've been talking about faith, and that faith is confidence that what we hope for will actually happen, and we've talked about uh, and how at the beginning and creation is kind of like an example of that, and that's our base. And then Kenny, last week, talked about Cain and Abel. This week, we're going to talk about this man named Enoch. So that's where we're going to start in verse 5. It says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 5, where it talks about Enoch. And it's kind of weird because he's, uh, he's in this, you know, list of, of people, you know, like descendants or whatever, you know, the places where you're like, you're in the Bible plan that comes up to that and you're like, oh, I think I can go on chapter 6. So that's pretty straightforward. The people lived and they died, so on and so forth. So you just kind of skip over it. But this is really weird. So, so we're reading through uh, Genesis chapter 5 and it's like the descendants of Adam. You got, you got Adam, then his son Seth, and then Seth lived like... 20,000 years, and then, like, moves on to the next guy, Enosh. They all have, like, really weird names besides Adam and Seth. Those are normal. You know, like, my friend, his name is Seth. And then you got people like Enosh and Methuselah, and then, and then like, Mahalulu and Jared, and, well, that's normal, but Lamech. I wouldn't want to be called Lamech. I would say it like that, too. But anyways, so you're reading through all these people, and it's like, uh, for example, Mahalulul was 65 years old, and when he became a father of Jared, after birth of Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years, and after he had, and he had other sons and daughters, and then he lived 895 years, then he died. And then Jared, and all of a sudden, so Jared gave birth to this guy named Enoch. And every single one of them people, they lived this long, you know, you know no kidding guys, y'all think we got to wait a long time before marriage? You know what I'm saying? You're saving yourself for marriage? These people waited like 120 years before they had a kid. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know their past, their history, and all that kind of stuff. Now, don't, don't take my word for it. I'm thinking, you know, like, all right, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this in church, but you know that movie, 40-Year-Old Virgin? You know, these people were like 120-Year-Old Virgins. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all think this dude was weird in that movie? These people was really weird. Like, they was living like a 1,000 years. You know what I'm saying? So 100-something wasn't even nothing then. They was like, you know, that's nothing. I'm still a kid. You know, I'm still a baby. You know how, like, when you're, like, 16, and you're like, I'm a full-grown man. I can drive around. It's like, no, you're still a kid. You just don't know it. That's what the parents say. These people are still kids, and they was 165 years old. So, so this dude, every one of them lived, then they died. And it comes up to Enoch, and it says, When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, 
Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared because God took him. This dude did not die. That is so weird to me. Now, in this version, it makes it seem normal. But I'm reading in like the ESV or like the King James Version. It was like, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God, then he was not, for God took him. It was like, he was not. Well, he was not what? What, is he, what are you talking about? Like, like, for he was not. And it was like, that don't even make no sense. What it, what, I mean, explain what he wasn't, because, you know what I'm saying? But the, this, I mean, we got, we got a good version now. I mean, I, it puts it on my level. I can, oh, he disappeared. You know, like, he, di- he just disappeared. He was no more, you know? He ne- but the thing is, is he didn't die. And what made him different, this dude was different. All of them, the other, they just lived 930,000 years, and then they died. Well, this guy, he lived in close fellowship with God, and then he was not. He was different. So, first things first, if you have faith, you will be different. You will stand out. I promise you, you will stand out. You will be different, and it's okay. And the fact is, it is a good thing to be different. Don't be scared to be different. But this is a good way to tell if you have faith, because if you do have faith, you will stand out. You will be different. You will do things different. You will think differently. You will look at things at a different perspective. Everything about you will be different. Everything. When you give your life to Christ and you have faith in that, because Jesus is who who he is, everything that is about him, and you put your faith in that, you believe and trust in that, everything about you now changes because he is so opposite from what you see every single day. Because you put your faith in that. You say, I want to be like that. I don't want to be like everybody else because I want to be like Jesus. That's who I have my faith in. That's who I put my trust in. So you will be different. Things about you, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you look at things, the way you look at relationships, the way you look at parties, the way you look at every single, the way you look at your schoolwork, the way you look at your career, everything about you will be different. Everything. Because your mindset is different, because your perspective is different, because you're looking at something else. You're looking at Jesus, not this world, for your guidance. So you will be different. And why was he different? Because he was walking in close fellowship with God. Now let's take a step back and think for a second about that. He's walking in close fellowship with God. Now first of all, that's crazy. It is absolutely amazing to me when I sat here and thought about this, that God actually wants to walk with us. He is perfect. He created the whole universe. He is holy. He is the most set-apart of set-aparts that you could possibly even think of. And He is so infinitely different than us, and His thoughts are so much higher than ours, or infinitely higher than ours, His ways are so much different than ours, yet He walks with us. He walks with us even though we are so different from Him. We are imperfect, and He is perfect. Do we understand how far apart those are? Those are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. That's like zero and ten, like infinitely far apart, not even close. And he is a companion with this guy. 
He is walking with Enoch. He walks with us, and he wants a relationship with us, imperfect people who don't want him half the time. That is amazing. And see, oftentimes we give credit to the man or to the woman when they walk in close fellowship with God. When we, see a, when we notice them, when we say, that, man, they, they are different, man. They, they walk in fellowship with God. They, they follow the Holy Spirit. They want God. They do things different. And man, they are on fire for God. We want to give credit to this. We say, I want, I want to be like him. But we, that, that's okay. But we fail to recognize that God is the one who created that man. And that man is the one who ruined his relationship with God, yet God mended that relationship with that man. It all goes back to God. God deserves all the credit, and the fact that he wants to walk with us is absolutely insane. It is crazy that he wants us. He wants you. He wants you. He deeply desires you, and he wants you so bad The fact that he wants to be with us is one thing, but when you put what he did for us to be with us in couple with that, it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy the length that he went to to show us how much he wants to be with us and how much he wants to walk by our side. Now, we look at his life, and he's walking in close to us with God by faith. What does it mean that he's different, that he walks by faith and, and that he walks with God? And it was by faith that he walked with God and that he was so much different than the other people. It didn't mention anything about anybody else. Why? We're going to go to James chapter 2 and see why. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but if, if, you want, if you're already there, that's good too. Chapter 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see, faith? Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So let, let's just cut to the chase here. Let's just be really honest with each other and, and just, just be really real. How can you tell that someone has faith? How can you tell that that person actually knows God? And how can you tell that what this person is saying about God is actually true? Like when they talk about, I'm going to share the gospel or whatever. When you look at somebody's life and you look at their overall picture, how do you know that they are a Christian and that they have faith? By how they live. That's it. There's no other way. You can't, can you see their heart? Because I can't. I can't feel what they're feeling. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what their heart says. I don't, I don't know if they're being real or not. That's the only way. So we talk about, well, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. What do you mean? 
Like, okay, yeah, I understand that, but that's not what that's talking about. And when I see your life and it doesn't show faith, that's probably because you don't have faith. If my life does not show my faith, then I probably don't have faith. So let's just cut to the chase and say, just say this right here. We're, get past all the legalism stuff. It was like, oh, you know, you, you can't be a legalist. You can't, you know, just obey God, you know, and every, you know, blah, 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 and yeah, 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 your, your whole life can't be, you know. That's, that's, that's bull crap. Like, come on, be, be for real. If you really love God, will your actions not show it? Will they not show it? In every area of your life, they will show it. In your family at your workplace, at school. Every, every single place will be affected by your faith in Christ, and people will be able to see that. You will be different, and your faith is shown by your good deeds. You say you have faith, show me your good deeds. That's it. That's straight up. There ain't no other way to put it. Now, we're not saved by our good deeds, but our good deeds show our faith, and there's no other way to show our faith to everybody else. There's no other way. That's it. Point blank. And so Enoch walked with God. He had faith and walked with God. So what was the result? It says, by faith, Enoch walked with God, and then he disappeared because God took him. So he never died. The result of his faith and the result of him walking with God was that he did not die. Now we look at that and we see that he's the only person who literally never died. But we look back and we see what is God trying to show us through that? That, that if we just have more faith that we don't have to experience death in this life. No, what I, what I, what I think he's saying is, is that Enoch had eternal life. What I think he's saying is that that Enoch did not die because he had faith. That death did not have a grip on him. Does that sound familiar? So we look at Romans chapter 6 verse 23. It says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Eternal life, y'all. Forever. Never ending. You can't put a number on it. It is forever. You live forever when you have faith. That is crazy. Yet we walk around like it doesn't matter. Because you know what happens if you don't live forever? You die forever. Does anybody in here know someone who's going to die forever? Are y'all okay with that? And here's, here's the scary thing. Is that we don't want to see somebody else die forever, but we can't take care of ourselves dying forever. We don't want to, we don't want to look inside and say, well, if I, if I really think about it, do I have faith? It's pretty obvious if you do or don't, and, and I really don't. Are you okay with dying forever? Or would you rather live forever? Living forever is 
the craziest gift someone could ever give you. And Jesus did that. And so it goes on to say, it goes on to say that before Enoch was taken up, he was known as a man who pleased God. Now look at your life again. Take an honest look at it and you say, does my life, when God looks at my life, is it pleasing to him? Is it pleasing to God? Now you look at through his eyes real quick because his standard is perfection, right? You look, at, you look through his eyes and you say, is my life pleasing to God like Enoch's was? So what makes your life pleasing to God? Obedience. Obedience. Because we look at Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 where he was baptized and whenever he came up out of the water, he said, that is my son. God said, that's my son in whom I am well pleased. He was pleased by Jesus because Jesus wanted his will more than he wanted his own will. Jesus wanted God's will. Enoch wanted God's will more than he wanted his own will to be had. He wanted to follow that instead of following himself. That is pleasing to God. Then the very next thing it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. We have faith in what God says is true. We have faith that what God says is true. And when we have faith in that, we say, God, I want your will more than I want mine. That is pleasing to God, and your actions will show it. Your actions will show what you want in your life is God's will more than you want yours, because your actions will show, hey, I want God. I want people to know this love that I know. I want these people to have close fellowship and companionship with God. I want them to experience God's love and God's comfort and everything else that God offers. I want them to experience that just like I do. And your whole life will be surrounded around that truth, that I want people to know Jesus just like I know Jesus. And so what does that mean? What is, so Keith, you said it's, it's, it, your life is pleasing to God because you obey Him. And that your faith will show, that you, you, your actions will show that you have faith. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you won't screw up. That's what it doesn't mean. So you think Enoch walked his whole life, and he walked with God, and he never sinned. Because right before... Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it's like in Romans chapter 5, it says, for everyone falls short of the glory of God. And that's Romans chapter 3. No one is good. No, not one. There was only one who was good, and it's God. So you think Enoch sinned? You think Enoch messed up too? Your mess-ups are a part of your faith. I was talking to somebody, I said, what, what do you think faith is? And he was like, well... You know, um, I mean, sometimes I have faith, but then, you know, other times I mess up. I'm like, no, 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 no. So your mess-ups are a part of your faith. Because why do you have to have faith? Because you messed up in the first place. So when you mess up again, 
Your faith will overcome that. Your faith in Jesus Christ, the fact that he died for your sins and he forgave you that sin, that's part of your faith. The fact that you messed up and you just, you feel terrible. You're like, God, I, I want you. I want to follow you. I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to have companionship with you. And you mess up and you're like, man, but I'm forgiven. That's part of your faith. That's how people see you and they're like, man, I want what he's got because he's forgiven. He walks around with this joy. He walks around like there's no burden on his shoulders because he has peace. There's something about that dude. There's something about that girl. Because we have faith that we're forgiven. And so that allows us to walk through this life joyfully. We joyfully obey God instead of deliberately disobeying Him. We joyfully obey Him because we're forgiven. And when we mess up, we want to go right back after. Like, come on, give me the next challenge. I want to go because I'm forgiven. And it's not going to hold me back. Let me continue on. very last part says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So what does faith look like? What does faith look like in your life? It's going to Jesus to have your soul hunger satisfied. It's going to him so that your soul is so hungry for something, you go to him to have that hunger satisfied. Where do you go when your life is chaotic? Be honest with yourself. Once again, be brutally honest with yourself. Where do you go when your life is chaotic and there's no peace in it? Where do you go? Where do you go for comfort when your life is just in shambles? You're like, God, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do right now. My heart is broken. Where do you go for that comfort? Where do you go for guidance? Who do you look to for guidance? Because you know, everybody in here knows you cannot walk this earth alone. You can't just walk it blindly and just end up in the right spot. We've got to have a guide. Who do you go to for guidance? The answer to all those questions will show you who you have your faith in. So my question for all of us is, who do we go to to have our soul hunger satisfied? Who do you go to to have your soul hunger satisfied? He says that God will reward those who seek Him, who truly seek Him, reward Him with what? salvation, being rescued from your sin, and having close relationship, companionship with the one true God. That's what true faith looks like, and it will show. Does your life show that? Do you go to God in all those circumstances? Although you mess up, do you have faith? Some of us in here were really honest with ourselves when those questions were asked. It's kind of hard, isn't it? It's kind of hard to admit it sometimes. It's hard to really sit back and admit that we don't have faith. 
because you want to tell yourself, I got it, I've got it, and you really know you don't. You can go to God with that too. He'll be there. And He loves you. And He wants you. He wants you bad. He wants you bad. So if God's calling you to come to Him, just go. Just go. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. He'll be there for you forever. When no one else is, He will be. He'll walk with you through every trial. He'll be there to give you peace when everything is chaos. He'll give you words when you don't have them. He'll be there. He's the only one. He's the only one who ever will be. Forever. Eternally. So if God's calling you, just go. There's nowhere else to go. Nowhere else. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for wanting us so bad. And God, because you want us so bad, God, we, we just want to do what you want us to do. We love you so much, so we want to do what you called us to do, God. We, we obey because we love. And we know that whatever you tell us to do is the best thing for us. God, when we mess up, remind us that we're forgiven. God, when we lose heart, remind us that we're loved and that you're walking right next to us. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just help somebody to believe and trust tonight just like you did me. You're right there. You never left. You haven't failed me. You never will fail me. You'll always be here for me no matter where I am on this earth. And I get to be with you forever because you mended the relationship that I broke. God, we just want to thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.